up, it's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Tuesday, January 26th. We officially have our Super Bowl competitors here. Uh, hey, man, a lot of people thought it was going to be Green Bay, but ultimately Tom Brady getting back again. <laughs> Ten. Ten Super Bowls, 18% of all Super Bowls ever with Tom Brady. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes, who honestly should have been three straight. I, I still hate that overtime rule. That game against the Patriots they didn't even get to ch- touch the freaking football. The overtime rule, the worst rule in football right now since they've sort of revamped the catch rule because that was the worst. That was the worst rule in all professional sports. But anyway, want to talk about the game itself, set things up, just an initial look, betting lines, all that fun stuff. And I also want to do a postmortem on our two teams who lost in the conference championships, that of course being the Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers. Looking at those teams uh, for 2021, kind of take a look back in order to look forward for fantasy purposes. Of course, before I get into all of that, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor for today's show, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world. Because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because, of course, on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks. And that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests and all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, NASCAR, UFC, WNBA, and of course, football. Monkeyknifefight.com. Has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyKnifefight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50 with a name like MonkeyKnifefight.com. You can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So, and go check them out. Pretty cool stuff over there. But so with this Super Bowl, man, I can't say I'm disappointed. (laughs) I mean, if you want a storyline to talk about for two weeks, which is what we all want when it comes to the Super Bowl, Tom Brady in another Super Bowl, Tom Brady uh, getting to as many Super Bowls in the NFC as Drew Brees, as Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady kind of dispelling the myths, the, the arm strength. I mean, he threw, he, he was at 11.6 average depth of throw in this game. I mean, the arm strength thing, that was probably the worst take out there heading into this year. It really, and he wasn't on the same page. I heard an interview with Peyton Manning saying that it's pretty remarkable what he did. You know, hey, he came in COVID year. Much less go to any any team that isn't running the same system that you run because the Aryan system, it, it was different than what he was running uh, with the Patriots. To learn that alone, much less to have to do so with all the restrictions of COVID. We saw earlier in the year, there were times where he looked really off. And there were times, so go back to October. This was my Super Bowl prediction. Now, I am not going to pat myself on the back because I immediately did retract it. There was a point in October where I said, I think it's going to be the Bucs and the Chiefs. But then the Bucs didn't look good. They were kind of like the East Coast Rams where occasionally they'd look awesome and then other times they'd look absolutely dreadful. But there was something that happened down the stretch. And it all sort of started to click for Brady. 
And of course, to help him, he had a nice stretch. I mean, you play Atlanta twice in in your last three games. That certainly helps the cause. But regardless, it all came together, and this was another really impressive performance for him. So this sets up so well. And what I like about it as well, just like these previous two games from last week, it's a rematch game. It was 27-24, by the way, in that rematch. Of course, on the other side, setting up with with Patrick Mahomes yet again. How many how many Super Bowls does Patrick Mahomes make over the course of his career? What do you think? Is it six? Is it seven? Is it eight? I mean, he's already at 50%, and like I said, it it really should be three. It should be three. He should be in the Super Bowl in each of his three seasons as a starter. Just wrap your head around that, because I think they would if they would have got the ball back, they would have scored. If the NFL didn't have the silly touchdown rule in the over in overtime, I, honestly, both teams should be able to touch the ball. Both teams. Oh no, you scored a touchdown, so you win. Come on, NFL. Come on. They both should be able to touch the ball. They touch the ball. Who knows what happens in that game? You know, I'm sure they march down, they score, uh, you know, and then then who knows? But regardless, how many how many Super Bowls does this guy get to? Fascinating. You know, and then you have Tyreek Hill. So he, the last time he played against Tampa, he had, I mean, it could have been a 300-yard day. It was still, it was, this dude goes out there, and I said this in a preseason. I say, you know, it wouldn't surprise anybody if Tyreek Hill went out and had like 290 yards and three touchdowns, or I might have even exaggerated even more than that. But in this game, Tyreek Hill has the three touchdowns, He just, and, and all three of them on Carlton Davis, which I feel for Carlton Davis. He goes for 269 yards, 13 catches. <laughs> I mean, what does he do in this one? They certainly can't defend him the same way. They certainly can't put Carlton Davis on an island by himself. But you know what? If you're going to shade a lot of coverage to basically guard that, you guard the deep part of the field, Kelsey's going to kill you. Like they, It's just, it's tough. But I will say this. So heading into this contest, Eric Fisher won't be on the field. Uh, he ruptured his Achilles last week. You probably saw that injury. So that stinks. Mitchell Schwartz doesn't look like he'll be back as well. So they have their work cut out for them along the offensive line. And plus, I said this last week, the easiest bet on the board, Mahomes under on the rushing yards, right? Easy. Five five rushing yards. The rushing yard line was 16 and a half. So he's not as mobile, obviously, because of the foot. I don't think we see much run out of him in the Super Bowl as well. That's going to keep this thing tight. So the initial line, this thing did open at minus three and a half for Kansas City. It's now minus three. That line's perfect for me right now. I don't want to mess with it. I actually probably would be interested in Tampa if it goes back up to to minus three and a half. We'll see there. It's a 56 and a half over under open at 57 and a half. So the sharp money did move that line down a point. I'm seeing some books where it's even more than that. It's a point and a half, possibly even two points lower. I did see a 55 and a half. But regardless, this is a really weird time to bet. You know, obviously, if you're betting on this game, you know, if you already got some action, and I know some people like to hit those early lines, but a lot of the general public is going to wait and they won't bet until next week. Right, they're not going to get anything right now, and and there aren't any player props. There are touchdown prop lines out, but I didn't see any player prop lines out just yet. Uh, the ones that we typically talk about, like I talk about on this podcast, etc. 
So we have to be a little bit careful here. And honestly, I think there may be more value in waiting right now where the lines are. Because the Super Bowl is the event, you know, in terms of the NFL season, you will have people who won't place a single wager the entire year and will bet on the Super Bowl and not just bet bet a couple shekels. Like they'll they'll bet on the Super Bowl. That is going to have an impact here. And I do think because people love themselves some overs that that 56 and a half, it's going to stay stable here. It'll probably stay stable straight on through the week. But I think we're going to see that go up. Now, does it go up dramatically? I don't think necessarily. But could it get back up to 57 and a half? Yes. And if that's the case, then there may be some value in the under. But we're, you know, we're going to have to kind of play the waiting game. So keep that in mind, especially if you're you're relatively new to betting. There's going to be a lot of new bettors who are going to be able to legally bet on the Super Bowl for the first time with some of the new states coming online this year. Keep in mind that that people love to bet overs, and lines will reflect that for the Super Bowl. In fact, last year I did interview on my SiriusXM show uh, one of the uh, odds makers from one of the Vegas sports books, and I asked him flat out if that is a factor, and he said yes. Like, th- there's no secret here. He said our our line for Patrick Mahomes passing yards uh, is higher than it ordinarily would be because we know that people are still going to come in on the over. So just keep that in mind if you're going to play. I will do a whole player prop spectacular next week on everything that I like, and this is a great opportunity. I mean, we'll do some of the fun ones too uh, if there are any uh, you know Gatorade things like that. We'll see what the the U.S. sports books offer, but we're going to do all that next week. I'll tell you where I am with everything and the rationale behind it as well. But if you're already starting to look, just just kind of be careful right now. The sharp action didn't move that line down, but I think that the once the general public gets into play here, the line's going to move back up for the over-under. Uh, but anyway, I, I did have this other question real quick before I move on to the post-mortem here for the Packers and for the Bills. The question was, why is Tampa an away team? <laughs> and they are. I don't know if you realize that. But even though it's in Tampa, they get this unique situation of getting to play a Super Bowl in their home venue. They are the away team because of designation. It's just the way the NFL does things. But regardless, it's silly. It is what it is. But it's just like when they play in London. Like Jacksonville's not the home team in London. It's But they're designated as the home team. It is what it is. So let's talk about these two teams that lost. We will start with the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills this year <clears throat> exceeded my expectations. Uh, and, and that's a really good thing, of course. I want to see that. I, I want to see them take this you know, step forward offensively. I mean, they made a power move in getting Stephon Diggs. And it worked for Diggs. And I mean, I feel for Diggs. You probably saw the, the images of him watching the uh, celebration for the Chiefs. You know, maybe just banking some of that as fuel for the future. But this game, honestly, it came down to a couple bad decisions. I think kicking two field goals when you're fourth and short really close. I mean, if one was fourth and goal, that first field goal. And the other one, you're inside the 10. You're in the red zone. You have a fourth down. Just go for it. Field goals, field goals aren't going to win you that game. You're not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs by putting points on the board. You're going to beat them by trying to keep pace with them and maybe outgun them. So it did seem, and of course, the other game, I'll talk about the field goal as well. 
But the thing I I look at the the progress for the Bills, then I look, and this is a really important thing. I look at the key free agents for the Bills. There aren't any. So the nucleus of this offense, you know, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, that is going to be in place. Now I wonder what they do at running back. And I I've been running through mock draft 1.0, which I'll talk about that on on this show coming up. Uh, not today, but coming up. Occasionally, I get to the thirtieth pick, and I'm like, "Would they really take Travis Etienne?" Uh, I, you know, they have no confidence in Devin Singletary. They showed it last year because they were rolling Frank Gore out there. They showed it this year because they drafted Zach Moss and then insisted on the committee the entire year. There was that brief moment where Moss was hurt, and they gave him a full complement of carries, but then that went away. And then here in this game last week, it was TJ Yeldon splitting time. TJ freaking Yeldon splitting time with Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary, his arrow is pointing straight into the ground. It's unfortunate, uh, but I think that's where we are with him. I I, I think the jury could still be out on Zach Moss, but I, I really don't think they draft a running back, by the way, in that spot. But I was it was one of those like what ifs. Anyway. Allen, there will be a debate as to whether or not he should be the first quarterback off the board. There's no doubt in my mind Stephon Diggs is a top five fantasy wide receiver heading into next year. I think Dawson Knox becomes interesting, by the way. That was a nice little performance from him this last week. He's he's improving. And we already knew coming into the league he was going to be athletic. Not super, not off the charts off athletic. Like, uh, you know, he's not a, like a, a Kittle or something. You know, he's not one of those guys. But still athletic enough where he's not a catch-and-fall-down guy. And we're seeing the red zone trust there. Where, you know, the usage was up here down the stretch as well. I think he's sneaky. You know, could could end up being a late-round guy. We'll see. I Dynasty arrow is definitely pointing up for him. Now let's go to the Green Bay Packers, who, of course, that was a tough loss for them. They were, you know, it was one of those where the game game score was deceptive. Even when it was 28-10, they were still in that thing, right? And they had the three takeaways. Of course, everybody is going to look in the Sports Talk Radio. I'm sure, I'm sure Green Bay, Green Bay Sports Talk Radio is all about the uh, the field goal at the end of the game. Putting points on the board. And it's the same argument I have here. You know, well, not exact same. In the other game, it's do you think you can keep pace with the Chiefs by putting points on the board? No, you got to put touchdowns on the board. For this game, okay, well, Matt LaFleur said that was their process. They they really they didn't move the ball on three downs. Uh, they still would have had to have a two-point conversion anyway. So their process was put the points on the board. So that way, if you scored the touchdown, like you get your stop, you score the touchdown, you you actually win the game by one. I get it, but at the same time, the flaw in that logic, right, is, all right, put the points on the board. It's not like you're facing Mitchell Trubisky. Put the points on the board. Give the ball back to Trubisky. We get the stop. We get the ball back. You're giving the ball back to the greatest quarterback who has ever played in the NFL, and you expect that process to be the same. That's 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 where we are. That's where I run into a little bit of an issue with it. But regardless, again, we'll save that for Sports Talk Radio. The bigger question here, and I did not think this would be a question, Will Aaron Rodgers be on this team next year? 
Now, maybe a bit reactionary, but I'm not just basing this on what I think, feel, or believe. I mean, this is legitimately brought up. Aaron Rodgers threw out there some ambiguous thoughts as well. This isn't just uh, me shooting from the hip. You know, he's, I think he's underpaid for the position. He's making as much money as Jared Goff, whom <laughs> the Rams don't even want as their starter. They're not saying it directly, but they're not saying it. They're not not saying it. How about that? But of course, if you were to move on from Aaron Rodgers, you create a whole bunch of problems. I would love to see him in San Francisco. So I ultimately think, yes, he will be the quarterback for this team next year, but uh, it's far from a lock. And obviously things, that's that's the straw that stirs the drink. If Aaron Rodgers is for some reason gone, Devontae Adams goes from being the clear number one receiver in fantasy to like a back-end wide receiver one who you kind of feel a little reluctant trusting if Jordan Love is the starter, which he shouldn't be. Not, not now, maybe in the future, we'll see, but not now. So that's a big one. Who plays running back for this team next year? Is it just A.J. Dillon? Do they decide to re-sign an older Aaron Jones? I can't see that. It's not going to be Jamal Williams. Could very well be A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon could very well be a top 20, if not maybe even top 15 running back. There's a lot of moving parts here, though. Of course, it all comes down to Aaron Rodgers, though. That's the big one. Whether or not he's going to be there. I ultimately think he will be. I I don't... I, I think... You know, you ask a guy a question like that in a Zoom interview, post-game press conference, an hour or whatever after a devastating loss, it's going to be a hard question to answer. Like, what's your future, sir? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we've seen that before. We've seen it with like Ben Roethlisberger, et cetera. So I'm not overly concerned here. Of course, I should just note really quickly. Um, not doing it. I'm not going to do any news on the show today, but I I should mention that Matthew Stafford will be elsewhere. He could be in San Francisco. Stafford's still 32. Is he not the oldest 32 year old in the NFL? Or feels like he should be like 35, right? 32 years old. He's as old as Russell Wilson and Ryan Tannehill. Same age. <laughs> Like, feels like he's been in the league like 15 more years than Ryan Tannehill. But Stafford will be gone. The Lions will almost certainly take a quarterback at seven. I think it's going to be Trey Lance. But where's Stafford? That that has some moving parts. That was the big question I, I had in my list that I asked a couple weeks back. Did the Lions move on from Maddie Stafford? Uh, they will indeed do so. They have Kenny Galladay as a free agent. They have Marvin Jones. Who? Marvin Jones is a free agent. They have Danny Amendola as a free agent. It's going to be interesting. Now, of course, they did uh, bring in Anthony Lynn as their new offensive coordinator. And and the whole thing Dan Campbell wanted, I mean, and this is a good move, honestly. He may not have been a good head coach, but I believe in him as an offensive coordinator. They He wants somebody who's going to use DeAndre Swift. And I, I mean, read between the lines. Dan Campbell's coming from New Orleans, who's going to use DeAndre Swift like Alvin Kamara. And, uh, oh, let's see. Anthony Lynn had this guy named Austin Eckler, who he used a bunch in the passing game. And that worked out pretty well. This is great for Swift, although there's a lot of moving pieces, though, with this team. And we'll see how how they, things shake out for the Lions. It's like 
it's almost full rebuild mode though essentially i mean i guess it is full rebuild rebuild mode because you've had maybe he's not the greatest quarterback in the league but he's still was your franchise quarterback since 2009 you're you're moving on so anyway Figured I'd address that as well. All right, so tomorrow on the show, I'm going to give an initial look at projections and some of the matchups. Uh, and then, you know, later in the week, I also have Dynasty coming at you. Dino! Because, hey, what are we going to do? Talk about the Pro Bowl? All right, so that'll be later in the week. But tomorrow, yeah, an initial look at projections for the Super Bowl and uh, some initial thoughts on the matchups. Maybe even uh, we'll, we'll dip into DFS as well in case you want to start building some uh, – some lineups there. All right, that's tomorrow on the show. In the meantime, do me a favor. Head on over to ftnfantasy.com. Go check out everything we have to offer over there, ftnbets.com as well. And please keep reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. All of those reviews help. You may think, hey, what does it matter? Just my review? Yeah, it matters, man. And I appreciate everybody who's reviewed it so far. It's really easy if you have an iPhone. Open up the podcast app. Go to my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe. Scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and you're done. It's really that simple. And if you don't have an iPhone, uh, if you're one of those green bubble people, you can go to the interwebs like on a laptop or something and search it out. Just search out The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe, and then you can go to the uh, Apple podcast page and review it from there. It's simple. Easy. Takes 30 seconds. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Tomorrow, projections for the big game, baby. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.